Hello and welcome to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I am Clint. We're here, Daniel, after another little scare, but that's okay. Uh, just just a little heart palpitations. No big deal. Just a little deal. bit. No big deal. Not a big uh, deal. And we're here to talk all things Georgia Bulldogs. A uh, few things you should know right off the bat. We are here to talk about uh, this last game against Kentucky. Uh, but you should know, just in case you're new to the show, the podcast, uh, Daniel and I are not recruiting gurus, and we are we do not, nor are we, insider-connected people. That's correct. We are two people, however, that own microphones and computers. Check and uh, check. And so... With that, we host a podcast. Our, our our basic premise behind this podcast is that we are a podcast by fans, that's us, for fans, that's you. Yep. Uh, and so if you're a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs, then this podcast is for you. We talk about the team the way that fans talk. We don't get – if you're looking to know how many plays this season on second and eight or more we've run against two deep safeties – that's clueless. There's, we don't there's know. other podcasts for that. I right. assume if there's not other podcasts for that, it's probably because it's dumb information that nobody really <laughs> cares about. Marketing um, came back bad on that one. We're here to talk about real conversations, like to have real conversations that Georgia fans have. As always, we would love for you to join in those real conversations. Uh, and you can do that in a couple of ways. You can email us at lockedonbulldogs at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the Twitters at Dogs Podcast. Uh, we would love to converse with you. Um, uh, we do a mailbag every Wednesday afternoon, so today is Monday's show, which means you got a couple days to get in your questions. Already had a couple questions come in for this week. We'll try to get to as many as we can. If you have a question for yep. Wednesday's show, um, a question about this team, this season, this schedule, uh, or just like uh, what appropriate nacho toppings are, um, we would love we, to impart we our did wisdom. That podcast. We'd love to impart our wisdom about any of those topics, whatever it is that you want to hear us talk about. Uh, let us know. Uh, on that, you can subscribe to this podcast. You can tell a friend about this podcast. You can leave us a five star rating or a review. Uh, all those things would be helpful things to do wherever yeah. you're listening to this podcast. Go ahead and click that subscribe thing. We're going to be here every day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday talking about the dogs. Um, so let's yeah. get into it. Yeah, Daniel. Uh, by the way, congratulations. Week one of being on the Locked On Podcast Network is down. This starts week two for you and I. So, week uh, two. They they said it couldn't be done. They said, they said these guys. They said these clowns will never host a daily podcast. They can't do it. Proved you wrong. Say, say something. Now, say something now. Say, go say ahead. Something now. We see. Uh, Daniel, we are going to do this episode is going to be broken down into three categories. Category one, something you and I think was good from Saturday. There has to be something good, right, Daniel? Oh, there was, there there was lots be. good. There's lots, lots good. good. Lots Don't good. worry about it, people. Uh, the second segment, second section, we're going to talk about something that we think was bad. And hmm. was there were there a few things that were bad, Daniel? I don't know. People's feelings are getting hurt already by just All us right. saying that there could have been something that was bad. Uh, and lastly, uh, we will talk about something we may disagree about. We're going to we're gonna produce a topic in which we may have varying degrees of uh, disagreement between Daniel and I or us and you. Uh, mm-hmm. So with that being said, Daniel, what was good? What do you think was good from this Saturday game, this slop fest of rain-soaked football? 
in Athens against Kentucky? I feel like you could sum it up in one word, really. If you were just What's that? To, just to go with the, the overwhelming positive of the game, that one word would have to be defense, would it not, Clint? I mean, they, that's it. They punted the ball two hundred and fifty times in the game, and they scored zero points. I think nada. How many points is the least number of points that you can give up in a football game? I don't know how you score other sports. I really don't understand that. But there's there's nothing coming off the board. Golf when you goes start. negative. It just Golf gets goes right negative. down there under zero. I still don't understand tennis, but I see some things on there that get me a little concerned. That I I, I just know <laughs> there's a couple of guys. Djokovic is good. This is what I know. Hmm. Uh, and, and other than that, I don't know. No, Daniel, well, we, we held uh, we held them to love in this game. If you <laughs> we held them to love. thank you. If you will. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, no, the defense was exceptional. Uh, Daniel, you and I can agree on that. Not only was it exceptional, it was stouter than stout. I'm going to hit you with a couple stats really quick, and then I'm going to hit you with a question. Uh, I think an often look overlooked stat in college football is number of first downs you give up. Because first downs are important. I don't know if you understand what first downs do. They oh, extend is that, drives. Is that like the method of advancing the ball on, in football? Is that what they call that? The method to get two points, which wins you the game, is first downs that keep the game going. Cool. Uh, which is why you see many players hold up a fist on fourth down or third down when you stop a team, go to fourth down. Mm. Uh, we are ninth in the nation in giving up first downs, opponent first downs. We've given up 101 first downs, good for ninth in the nation. Our rushing defense is fifth in the nation, 85.7 yards per game. And our total defense is sixth in the nation, giving up 260 yards, 66 yards per game. Uh, Daniel, I ask you with all of that, who flashed for you on Saturday that you were excited came to the game? Those stats are, are those stats updated after this week? Those are, uh, I just got those tonight. Man, the fact that our rush defense is fifth in the nation after playing what effectively was a triple option team in Kentucky. Yes. Yes, it was. Like, don't mistake the fact that we had given up zero passing yards until that final drive. And I really wanted us to finish the game giving up zero. Like, I get it. They have got, uh, you know, like a high school lacrosse player playing quarterback back there all across players I, just took offense by the way i um <clears throat> people will talk about how athletic this kid is that's that's all well and good well it's it's not it was not real quarterbacks couldn't throw the ball wait for segment two before we get to that but real quarterbacks yeah. couldn't throw the ball there was no way this kid was throwing the ball against us so we the fact that we and we gave up some rushing yards but the fact we're still fifth in the country who flashed to me who stood out to me i could name a lot of names i'm gonna hit you with the first name that comes to my mind because he made the biggest defensive play of the game and his name is jr reed hello i like to call him jr boomstick because he hit broski uh so hard that i was afraid that the young man's arm was going to come off still attached to the football. I was trying to look when Richard picked it up uh, if it was the football or if there was a part of Bowden Jr.'s uh, body that was still attached to it because J.R. Reed came in there, lowered the boom. Uh, we've been waiting for it all game. Like, this kid's out there. He's got no gloves on like every other skill position player on the field, and he carried the ball more times than any person on their team. Like, yep. can you imagine if... Like, 
just waiting for him to fumble the entire game. Couldn't believe that we hadn't gotten one to that point in the game. Uh, J.R. Reed, I thought, with the defensive play of the game, uh, doing what he does, just getting his nose dirty coming into the box. Who who flashed for you, Clint? Uh, J.R. certainly flashed. I am happy to see him doing J.R. things uh, from what we saw game before, which he had. We didn't talk about him a lot, but he had probably one of his worst games uh, in Georgia football uniform uh, against the Gamecocks. So I was happy to see him back and doing JR things. Uh, but you know who flashed for me? And maybe this was just because I always look for him uh, and I have a soft spot for N'Kobe Dean. Uh, but Daniel, I, I don't, I don't care. I didn't need to have a soft spot for N'Kobe Dean because Daniel, did you see him go sideline to sideline? Did you see him turn his hips and get out of the box and track a dude down getting outside the, the tackle box over there? I did. I saw this was, this game was built for Nicobe Dean. You got the, but this is like, again, this is adjacent to a triple option team that we're playing here. This is like playing Georgia Tech last year. Um, Nicobe Dean thrives in this kind of game. He's got the speed, he's got the explosiveness, he's got the athleticism, he's got the instinctual just see football, run to football, hit man Read and react. With yep. who's carrying the football. Um, I thought along those lines, Quay Walker as well. Ooh, Quay. I, s- about, I see you, Quay. If we're going to talk about inside linebackers that I thought had great games of uh, pursuing the football, I thought those guys really um, jumped off the page. I thought Malik Herring had another quiet, good game. Uh, Malik, he really did. Malik Herring is, has been uh, fairly stout. On the end of the line this season, I've been really happy with the things I've seen out of him. Nolan Smith continues to impress. Uh, Richard LeCount had some really big plays and some yeah. really nice uh, plays in space. I thought um, Eric Stokes got lucky on one dropped pass, but he Ooh. also had pretty good coverage on every other. You know, they just on all the other bombs that they threw down the field. He didn't. He didn't get lost. Uh, so he deserves some credit for that. Um, yeah, I thought the whole defensive line, as a you know, kind of as a unit, Jordan Davis goes down with another, with another, you know, injury of some sort. I can't even remember. Did he come back in the game after he went out? I don't I think. Remember. I don't I remember don't, him coming back in. Can't remember seeing him, but no, I didn't remember anybody asking about him after the game. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought, yeah. The defense as a whole obviously played well. Those are those are a bunch of names that stood out to me. But what, I mean, what honestly, what a performance! And you say what you want about Kentucky's offense. I don't care. I look. I don't care about it's it's college football. These are this is a D one SEC team with scollies abound, getting kids that other schools didn't take a flyer on. This was a competent offense that had put up points elsewhere, and we held them to nothing. I don't care. Don't at me with that, Daniel. Uh, you and I both agree. This defense. No, absolutely. This team put special. up twenty four points last week. This team put up twenty four points last week. Now it's against Arkansas, but Arkansas is a an SEC team. The fact that we um, held them for the vast majority of the game, held them from crossing the 50, much less from seeing the end zone, uh, is an accomplishment. Uh, guys were sure tacklers. They did not, you know, they did not uh, whiff on any wet jerseys or anything like that. So it was, uh, the defense was a sight to behold. I think everyone can agree that unit really kept us I mean obviously kept us in the game in the first half and then just once they got a little 
taste of blood in the second half. Mm. They didn't let off the gas. And I love no, that. they did not. Uh, Daniel, that does it for segment number one. We're going to come back with something that we both agree was awful. Uh, Daniel, that awful thing is pretty apparent to every single person that's ever seen football. What was that, Daniel? Okay. Let's buckle up, Georgia fans. We're here for the ride. We're going to talk yep. about the offense in the first half. Now, here's what we're not going to talk about, okay. Clint. We are not going to talk about whether or not it is appropriate to boo players on your own team. Because we the are, answer is already known. We don't need to discuss this. We are not going to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> we don't care what you think about no. that nope. either. Um, what we are going to talk about is something that we can all agree on. And by all of us, I mean you, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. Clint, mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Swift, <laughs> DeAndre Swift's parents, Andrew Thomas, mm-hmm. Jake Fromm's aunt we all can agree that the offense in the first half sucked wow it was, was terrible that miserable it was terrible miserable and listen kirby is going to come out and he is going to spin zone the heck out of that thing is he not in the post-game press conference he is going to come out is. and he is just going to be in full tilt spin mode yeah but we know what we saw okay like we know what we saw. So I ask you, Clint, how much of what we saw in the first half on Saturday, and just to reiterate, what we saw was a few decent runs, but a lot of very predictable play calling, a lot of very ineffective inside runs, and almost zero, not quite zero, but almost, almost. zero passing game yeah. whatsoever. How much of that is attributed to the weather and how much of that is attributed to this offense. And I mean that as coaches, players, everyone associated with this offense. Right. Um, I liken that first half to uh, when you're asked to go to your nephew's art show and (laughs) it's an experimental, it's like experimental (laughs) art for six year olds. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, so, so it's a junior high experimental art uh, festival mm-hmm. and you watch it and the guy's putting all his heart into it and he's really he's trying really hard and he's, oh, he's loving making a great moment. effort he's making he's a making great a great effort. effort and he's coming up with some some different things that nobody else is doing but you leave and you just get in the car and you look to your wife and you go what did i just see <laughs> like 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 not that you're you're just like I can't grasp within the reality that I currently reside in what I just experienced. Mm-hmm. I have no way to put words on it. That's how I felt after the first half. Because I, I don't know. Was weather a factor? Yes, it was. And so don't say it wasn't. It was to some degree. To what degree? I have no idea. Because if you were to put this game on dry land, not submerged in a swamp somewhere, I still think we struggle. So I don't know to what degree. Some, 15, 20 25% maybe, I don't know. But regardless, uh, I don't care. We would have had a similar outcome had it been something different. But I don't know what I saw, Daniel. And that's so concerning to me. My biggest fear coming out of this game was that we wouldn't have an identity on offense coming out of this. And I think we saw glimmers toward the end. But I, I was so confused, literally. I 
Now, this, this is not here, here nor there, but this is the kind of stuff we talk about on this podcast. I looked up the 10 rainiest games in college football history, Clint. Okay. Just because I wanted to see if I could glean some information about them. Okay. I, so okay. Like, this is not my list. I didn't make this list. I don't even remember some of these games. But I'm just going to, I'm just going to read you a few off the list. One of the games on the list was the 2002 Florida versus Tennessee game. Okay. Okay. This is Ron Zook's first year at Florida. Philip Fulmer. This is back when Tennessee was relevant, uh, apparently. And, um, I mean, this is, looking at the photos, this is torrential downpour. This is... Okay. All these games that we're going to talk about are at least the level of rain that we were dealing with in Athens. Um, and I just want to... I just want... Let the record show that Rex Grossman... Threw three Stop. touchdown passes and was 20 of 34 for 324 yards. Okay. Well. He was 20 of 34 for 324 yards and three touchdown passes. Um, 1996 hmm. Outback Bowl, Penn State versus Auburn. Again, I don't remember these games. doesn't really matter. Penn State had 487 yards of offense in the game. And... Uh, Bobby Ingram, one of their wide receivers, had four catches for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I don't know how many passing yards the quarterback had, but they had a wide receiver with four catches for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I could keep going down this list and 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 hitting you with stats. I guess my point is. Look, Kirby can say what he wants to say, and it's fine. And I'm not here disparaging kirby smart or saying that i'm smarter than him or i know better than him but the idea that the rain was the only reason that we could not throw the ball is nonsense it's nonsense i don't it really is it much less like these games notwithstanding what about last week (laughs) when it was dry as a bone and we were playing a, a defense the equal of Kentucky in South Carolina. We couldn't really move the ball where we wanted to. Jake Fromm had the worst game of his career. And then it's followed up with that, where we're just, you know, you just feel like, again, what do we say all week, Clint? This game was the what? It was the glass of cold water. It was. Get the vomit out of your mouth, head on down, grab that thing, wash all the bad taste out. And what happened? Guess what's still there, Clint? I don't understand. I I picked up the glass. I picked Mm. up the glass. I tipped it up. Nothing came out. I still it was it was uh, the the fat shavings from the bacon this morning. It was (laughs) exactly. It was just like it was the cup that my kids have washed out their paintbrushes in. Yes. Yes. And I had accidentally dumped that in my mouth, and so now my mouth tastes like vomit and paint. And it's not better, Clint. It's not. I don't know what to do about it, but it's not better. No, no, it's not. Uh, so don't chalk it up only to weather. Um, don't do that at all. Uh, that was something we thought was awful. We're going to come back and talk about something that Daniel and I may disagree with. But first, erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle. But now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just so to getroman.com slash locked. To get a free online visit and free 
two-day shipping. All right, Daniel, that was something that was awful. Uh, maybe something you and I, we both agree, offense first half was awful, defense stellar the entire game. You and I talked at the beginning of the year, this defense may give us all the feels we've ever wanted, and so far they're producing to that level. Maybe something we disagree with um, as the game, the game came to an end. What was that? Well, you sent me a text right as the game was ending, and obviously we're all, we've picked ourselves up off the mat. We've tried to make ourselves look presentable again. We've all tried to act like we haven't been cursing for the last oh. two like oh, yeah. two to three hours. Yeah, our kids um, have learned all new words. Everyone's trying to keep it cool, keep it together. And you texted me at the end of the game, and what did, what did you say? What did you just give the people a, the I gist said, of your thought? Because what was being talked about were these body blows. Kirby wanting to lean on people with heavies in the trenches and just lean on them and lean on them, and eventually they're going to break. Just keep chopping, and it's going to spring. And when we started hitting runs, DeAndre started doing his thing. Harry started doing his thing. I texted Daniel and said, I don't like saying this. And I'm going to edit my text because I'm going to put a question mark on it, and we may have a different take on why. But I said, Isn't the, aren't the body blows working? I don't like saying it, but aren't the body blows working? We're seeing it now. Uh, and Daniel, you said, no, that's not the reason why we're seeing things open and we're now getting explosive run plays uh, with Harry and, and Swift. Uh, what was, and you didn't tell me your take at the time. What is your take? Why did it succeed near the end of the game? Well, I just, I, um, I, I just don't, I don't like the body blows theory. And Kirby reiterated again in the postgame presser. You know, he said something to the effect of our kids just believe that they can go out and win every game in the fourth quarter. And and when he said that, I got I got physically ill oh, hearing yeah. him say that. Because, okay. um, because the fact of the matter is, Clint, we can't no. go out and win every game in the fourth quarter. Do I need to give you an example? Because I, I don't I think have we've to go in one real recently. I don't have to go into the wayback machine to let you know. Let me tell you when the body blows, the chopping wood, the make them quit mentality. You remember when this came out in 2017? Tiffany was just a bright-eyed uh, intern in the video <laughs> for production. The, for department. those of you who are new to the podcast, Tiffany is our term we have labeled the genius who is putting out the pre-game video hype. For UGA, and she's doing you, a, a sweet job. Tiffany, Tiffany is an, is she's the real MVP. She um, is. Her and Kevin Durant's mom are are the ones are the real winners here. <laughs> um, it Tiffany was was new, but she came up with the idea of showing these Kirby Smart locker room video, and he he was talking about making them quit and emptying the yep. stadium, and there is no such thing as a scoreboard, and we just keep chopping wood, and we just keep whatever well and it was working clint wasn't it, it was oh it, it was, was beautiful working. and working to a charm here's the thing though it it works when you have a lead clint mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the body blows theory works when your team is ahead and do you know why it works when your team is ahead because when your team's ahead the other team quits like they just you can't mentally sustain for that right. long as a defense, knowing that your offense is not doing enough to win you this game. And so eventually you quit. Um, body blows is not what won us that game. What won us that game was a 26-yard punt. 
That's what won the game. We got the 26-yard punt, and then DeAndre Swift hit one. That was not a body blow. That was not them being worn down. They just missed it. They just missed two tackles. And then DeAndre Swift outran them because he was a superior athlete because he's an elite running back. He's the best running back in college football. He is. That was not, that was not body blows. Then they got the ball back, and J.R. Reed hit that guy so hard that his jockstrap fell out of his pants, and he dropped the football. At that moment in the game, Kentucky's uh-huh. defense had quit. Oh, they were they done. Were, they were done. It had yeah. nothing to do with the body blows. Do you know when the body blows didn't work? Against South Carolina. Do you know why? Ugh. Because the we team their, their team was winning. Yeah. South Carolina did not score in the second half of the game last week. I don't know, did you know that? I, like, are you, I did. Sadly, I did know that. They didn't score in the second half of that game, but they didn't have to. Their defense never quit. We got that late touchdown, and we were able to. T- we got that late touchdown on a on a interference penalty oh and some gifts, but uh, we got that late touchdown. We were able to tie it up, but they didn't quit. They didn't quit because they thought they were going to win the game. The body blows mentality is not real if your team can't get separation in the first half. If your team can't get separation, yeah. and if you're playing the ultra-conservative, uh, we just want to punt yes. and not turn it over, which is the game plan, like Kirby's explicit game plan. Yeah, he if you said didn't pick that That up, was his game plan. Right. Th- then you weren't listening. To punt a lot. Correct. So... No, if you didn't watch this, th- I mean, it was evident from the second quarter... On Kirby's decision making, when he didn't go for it on fourth and inches, when his play selection was first, second, third down, run, 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 when he was punting in odd situations, his whole goal was just to get three points on the board and go home with a W. I mean, he read the tea leaves and he knew they couldn't score on the defense. And all he wanted to do was just put some crooked number up on the board so that we could win. And he was playing to that. Now, And, and listen, we did win. To his credit, we did win, and we won handily. Now, the the problem that I have is when you have a body blows mentality, it only works when it works, and it doesn't always work. And in college football, you just don't get 100 tries. No. We already used our try. And so now, moving forward, there are no more tries. This is it. Every game matters. And yeah. and so if we keep a game close instead of keeping our foot on the gas and trying to score a lot of points and give up very few points, which would be my strategy, but I'm not a college football good. coach. I don't yeah. know anything. If we try to keep a game close on purpose so we can win it in the fourth quarter uh, and like wear a team down and make them quit and physically out-tough them... That's going to be all fine until the one team that it's not fine against. That's um, my problem. Okay. I, so what you're saying is we were we had circumstantial situations get Uncle Mo on our side and bend the game to our favor by a bad punt. Yeah, I mean, punt. The punter, the, their punter gave us that game. I mean, you and I texted each other. We had the ball yeah. on the 39-yard line, right? Yeah. And If it wasn't then, I, it was going to be never. I didn't expect DeAndre Swift to take it all in one play. I was I was gloriously surprised when he did, but um, but 
Imagine being the defense, the Kentucky defense, even then when the game's 0-0. Zero to zero. You're the Kentucky defense, and you are playing your balls off no, trying no. to get that W. And you have held Georgia to zero points. Zero points. Huh? Like not even a field goal attempt. And then your punter kicks it 12 and a half yards or whatever it was. And now if you give up a first down, it's a lock field goal. Imagine being the Kentucky defense like the it wasn't the body blows, it was the it was the deflating performance yeah. of their special teams. See, and, now, and then subsequently the, the fumble by the quarterback. Yeah, now I I'm not disagreeing that that was a marked play in the game, but two things happened to me after that play. Two things okay. happened that I noticed. All right. Tell me if you disagree. Run plays began going in the three and four hole, not the one and two hole. And DeAndre Swift and Brian Harrion were the only guys touching the ball. The second one, I will give you. Um, I the second one I will give you a hundred percent. I think was a was a factor, and was new. Okay. The the first one, the the runs outside instead of inside, um, was a factor, but it was not. It wasn't the as factor. New. It okay. was well. It was not. We had done outside runs before. But but not to that. I mean, I think exclusively after. But that not as part. many, not yeah, as many. That's what. And I'm we saying. did, you know, and like that's the that was the frustrating part. And we're not still talking about the first half offense, but like the frustrating part about the first half was, you know, we we can't throw the ball. Okay, like I get it. It's I guess it's raining too hard, and we can't throw the ball. Fine, but like try to soften. There's other ways to soften a team up. Yes. Like in the run game, you get creative and like you you mix things up in the run game. You yeah. you literally don't run in the same spot every play. But that's what we were doing in the first half. And so quite literally. That's all just quite literally. Um Trevor. Uh <laughs> hey. <laughs> we're still waiting for your for your uh your comeback Trevor. I believe Five in star you. review from Trevor Five on the way. <laughs> on the way uh hey that does it for locked on bulldogs your number one place for local daily sports podcast uh this has been daniel and clint uh if you have not find us on twitter dogs podcast uh, yeah, email let us, us know let us know, let we, us know. we like interacting with you we really really do uh email us locked on bulldogs at gmail.com like us rate us uh tune in tomorrow because daniel i don't know if you know are, are we we're just we're, we're just back. gonna oh wait we're back okay good we're back we're not Might taking well. a hiatus. We got more thoughts on this game. We have um, on some unheralded, on, on some unheralded MVPs that we haven't talked about. Maybe of this game, we're gonna play Absolutely. some. Would you? Would you rather? Yep. Tomorrow on the podcast, got some hypotheticals we're gonna discuss with each other, and then um, don't act like a bye week is gonna keep us from looking ahead. Oh, I'm like sorry. We, we I'm sorry. Look, who's who's our opponent in in two weeks, Daniel? We gonna look right past that bye week, and we're oh, gonna it's look. Not- Straight into Florida. We mm-hmm. are we are here, mm-hmm. and it is time. It's mm-hmm. time to talk about the game. The Daniel, game. I'm nervous. Just to let you know. I'm, I'm just I'm it's all just, sort of bubble guts. We're going to talk about it on tomorrow's show. Uh, until then, uh, give us a rating, subscribe. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow. See ya.